This podcast is sponsored by Westfield. With over 300 of the best high street and contemporary brands all housed under one roof, they're our favourite destinations for a day of shopping. From Marge to Whistles, to more under-the-radar names like American Vintage and Urban Reviver at Westfield London, and Arquette and and other stories at Westfield Stratford City, they have all the labels you could want for the season ahead. Head to Westfield to discover a wealth of great new fashion and watch our Westfield Autumn Winter Haul on YouTube now by visiting the link in the notes of this episode. Welcome to the Sherlux Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Heather Steele, and Georgina Blasky. Hi, everyone. Hi. Georgina, nice to have you back. I feel like you haven't done a podcast for ages. I know, it's very exciting to be here. Yes, welcome. <laughs> what has everybody been watching, listening to, up to this weekend? So last night, I watched the first episode of Catherine the Great, the oh, new Helen Mirren HBO series on Sky Atlantic. I do love a costume drama, and I love them even more in winter, because it's just that time, fire on, cup of tea, sit down on a Sunday... And it's really good. I mean, not least because she is 74 and she's playing a 33-year-old. Can you believe it? I did not know that. No, I know. So I kept looking and I was like, what have they done? What have they done to her face? But actually, I've just been looking, hunting around online, trying to find out. And actually, not much. Sorry, so she actually does look in her 30s in this, does she? Well, I would say maybe she looks in her 50s. Yeah, I was going to say, based on promo images, I I wouldn't have guessed Mm. that was... uh, No, but it's like she has grey hair in the promo images. Yeah. But a lot of people did have grey wigs and stuff. That's true. Yes, and even the men. So Mm. there's kind of Rory Kinnear, Jason Clarke, and they have got grey wigs, exactly. So it's kind of a bit like, how old is everyone meant to be? I'm (laughs) a bit confused. And actually, she's obviously played a lot of royals in her time. And she just has this amazing stature and quality when she's acting. And it's set in the Winter Palace and there's kind of people trying to take the throne away from her. And she's got put on the throne by the army. So there's all those kind of wranglings of courtiers and colonels and possible plots trying to overthrow her and lots of things going on and then there's this amazing sets and costumes and all the rest of it so I think it's four parts oh is that it yeah only four parts I don't think it's going to kind of go down in history in the way that the crown has or other things but if you just want a good Sunday night you know four hours not a massive commitment then why only four parts I don't know I think it could have been more yeah maybe they just wanted to be selective about Mm. what they told about her story yeah although she was on the throne for 30 years so I imagine there's quite a lot it's quite condensed isn't it yeah it does feel a bit but anyway I've only seen one will there potentially be more series well I don't know because I don't know if the last one is going to be finishing at the end of her reign or not yeah I wouldn't be surprised if each episode focuses on a different period of time maybe that's why she looks a bit younger in episode Mm. one well that's what I was wondering anyway just going back to her age they could have easily cast a 30 year old Mm. and aged them prosthetically so I think that's really cool that they've gone with an older woman agreed and are doing it the other way around yeah Yeah, so that's interesting because I was thinking about how you people have been aged prosthetically so can you do the opposite is that what they've done them younger but I think there's some good eyebrow treatment that's made yeah, her yeah. younger and then the wigs and I think I don't know I couldn't work it out I kept staring at yeah. the screen I, do you have an HD TV I do and I was yeah. thinking is it kind of like a sort of a wax they've put on her skin like, mm. but it didn't look like she'd have Botox or anything I just okay. couldn't work it out it's very clever whatever they've done and I think apparently she's paid over 4,000 queens what, what? on so, stage well I guess Surely. over sure. her career yeah. so it might be that that includes playing a yeah. queen for a 4, six 000. month run every oh, night and that's yeah. where they got that number from oh I see okay yeah. 
yeah. okay. <laughs> she's like the token regal actress, isn't she? she? Is. And she's amazing. But with good reason. Yeah, so definitely worth Watch. dipping into that one. Great. Well, I've also been hooked on something else new, which is The Politician on Netflix, yes. which I binge watched last week. It is the kind of much anticipated first installment of Ryan Murphy's enormous Netflix deals. So he made his name creating Glee and has gone on to do a variety of different things, including American Horror Story and also the true crime stories, including Gianni Versace's Murder and the OJ Simpson series as well. So last year he signed a $350 million deal with Netflix to produce an endless stream of different series. And so, yeah, The Politician is the first Mm. of those. It stars Ben Platt, who obsessive Pitch Perfect fans like me will know as Benji, the kind of uncool extra in the rival male acapella group, the guy that does magic. And he's really famous in America. He won a Tony last year because he played the lead in Dear Evan Hansen, which oh, is just coming to London. So excited um, about is that. Is it this month? Or uh, it's in November, November. I think, yeah. Anyway, so he's brilliant and this is his first kind of lead role on television. Gwyneth Paltrow also stars. And it's about a very wealthy teenager in Santa Barbara who is single-mindedly, ridiculously, obsessively focused on becoming president one day and does everything in his power to be presidential and to kind of keep himself on that path. So the first stage of that is winning class president in his final year of high school. And that's what this whole series focuses on. My understanding is that every subsequent series will be a new race, like a new election for him until it gets to the presidential race. And the final, it's an eight part series on Netflix and the final one sets up the next series for a new presidential race. And it's present day? It is present day. It is, if you didn't like Glee, you won't like it. It's much darker than Glee. The very first episode opens with a warning that if you suffer from mental health issues, you maybe shouldn't watch it. There's a lot of suicide and kind of general disturbing themes within it. So don't go in thinking it is like Glee or kind of happy, clappy, singy. But it's kind of shot in that way. Like you don't really know if everyone's being a bit ironic or not. And it's kind of making fun of itself a bit. It's visually stunning. It's got a kind of Wes Anderson quality Mm. to it. Very colourful. Every shot is like beautifully symmetrical. So every house looks stunning and every movement is like, it's almost choreographed. I love films Um, Yeah, it's beautiful. And I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's wardrobe. I could just sit and and talk for like half an hour Who does she play? She plays his mother. So he's adopted and she's his adoptive mother. They've got this kind of really unique bond. And then in the final episode, this isn't a spoiler because this has been very well documented. It stars Bette Midler and a couple of other really big names, which, as I say, sets up season two really, really well. It's fun. It's camp. It's quirky. And yeah, it's only eight episodes. So I really recommend it. And half hour? Hour? Mm, Full hour, actually. Quite meaty eight episodes and a lot happens. So I really recommend giving. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
Yeah, okay. What about you guys? I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK. So they've only done one episode because they're actually doing it sort of every Thursday. It arrives on BBC Three. I'm a big Drag Race fan. I've watched all the US seasons, but it's just so fun having a UK version. Like It's been going for 11 series in the States. I think they needed to do something a bit different because it was getting a bit formulaic and actually... It's exactly the same format, but the UK queens are just completely different. They're In all, what way? Well, there's like Scousers, there's an Essex girl, there's, you know, they're from all over oh. and just... I actually really want to watch it. Again, I saw RuPaul on Graham Norton, yes, which is like my is. insight into everything, basically. <laughs> and Michelle Visage is obviously on Strictly at the moment. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of excitement around it in the UK. So I really, really want to watch Honestly, it. Honestly, give it a go. I'd be intrigued to know what you think. For those who don't know the format, what exactly so is it? So the format is, it's a bit like America's Next Top Model, that kind of thing, but for drag queens. So you start off and there's, say, 12 people, and one each week they get eliminated, and there's a series of challenges each episode. And what sort of challenges are they? So basically, components of being a drag queen is that there are, like, comedy queens, there are fashion queens, there are, so there are people who've got different skill sets. Some are amazing at lip-syncing, some are amazing at singing, some are sort of these big comedy stand-up type people. Like, you know, so the series really challenges people to see who can kind of incorporate all of those things best. So okay. There is an element of real talent, actually. Mm, yeah. I watch it with my daughter. She loves it. <laughs> and we went to see a musical called Everybody's Talking About oh, Jamie. I love and that. Michelle Visage it. was in the row behind. And <laughs> her and my goddaughter literally went, this was in May, I think they went, I mean, they were weak at the knees. They were shaking, oh. getting her autographed oh, selfies. Wow. She was so lovely and friendly and I think half the auditorium was queuing up to talk to yeah. her. Yeah, the right audience for her, presumably. Yeah, because yeah. it's all about being a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about Jamie. So she was brilliant. And there was obviously a real contingent in the audience who are massive fans mm. of RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's a huge community is, and very yeah. supportive if you're in it, obviously. Yeah. But the level of talent to have that comedy and the kind of the perform- itself, right? yeah and also to have even got that far in your life yeah. and to have had that honesty with yourself to be mm. putting yourself out there and then on TV mm. and I think people are quite dismissive yeah. and judgmental about it but when you watch it there's a huge sort of vulnerability there yeah and- it's quite moving, yeah. isn't it? Especially on the US show, there's a lot of chat, usually when they're putting their makeup on, about halfway through, people start to open themselves up. So you and see them in their purest yeah. form as well? Oh, yeah, so okay. you see them as, well, they're not all male, but, you know, usually you see them, yeah. They're so not all male. There have been transgender okay. people on it before. But, yeah, you always see them kind of, you know, as oh, their right. usual oh, non-makeup selves. Yeah. And that's the funniest bit, especially after the first challenge, because they all arrive yeah. in drag and then start taking their makeup off, and you're like, oh, my God, that's what you look like. And what is their sexuality a mix it's usually gay but this uk one it's the first time someone's actively sort of come out and been like i'm bisexual which that hasn't happened on drag race before but you know they always open up especially in america you know especially some of the queens who come from the deep south they're like they've been rejected by their family religions played a huge part in their life they struggled to come to terms even with being gay and drag's been the thing. They found their community that way and that's how they've managed to express themselves and kind of find themselves. So you always get these moments in the series where, I mean, I cry all the time watching it, but yeah, you do see them as these vulnerable people as well as these 
amazing people who can because they do lots of sewing challenges as well so they can just create these outfits which are always on a theme and then oh I really want to yeah, watch it too. the makeup they can apply it's yeah. just unreal like that's where contouring came from it came from yes. drag and I don't know I think it's very educational yeah. as well as being uh, hugely entertaining oh. if someone's never watched it what series do you recommend starting with I've heard that the first few of the American yeah. one is good <laughs> I'd say series four no series three and then series four they're actually some of my favourite ones anyway but they, yeah they are on Netflix aren't they're they? all on Netflix so I think give them a go but definitely watch the UK one because it's got some real characters one of the drag queens called Bag of Chips which you obviously <laughs> would not get in the US and they're all swearing loads and kind of there's just that British humour there yeah. that you don't always get especially in the first episode of the US ones they're all here like Very I'm here to slay the runway and then Arlo <laughs> come in like right? yeah <laughs> so yeah no Love worth that. a watch it's okay. uh, yeah, on a quick great. aside though did you see Michelle Vizard on Strictly on Saturday night Didn't she you? did cabaret and she was so good she was doing Liza Minnelli and she said I've seen so many drag queens do this I've got to do it justice because I've kind of criticised them and this mm. has got to be the moment I do it well and it was like standing ovation I think she got like four eights or something yeah. I don't know oh. don't quote me on that but something <laughs> like that it was phenomenal Okay, we're going to talk about Sober October now. If you are considering eschewing booze-filled nights for some more wholesome activities, we've got the list for you, whether that's going to a concert, having afternoon tea, or watching a film. Heather, you put a great list together of everything you could do booze-free this autumn. I don't suppose anyone here is doing Sober October. I'm certainly not. But if you do want a booze-free night out, what do you do, Heather? I've done Dry January a few times. I'll probably do it again this year. Doing it in January, and also this time of year as well, the cinema there's loads of really good things going on at the cinema at the moment and in January as well so I think that's always a winner make a proper event of it go for some food beforehand or afterwards are there any films that you're hotly anticipating I was going to chat about this a little bit when you mentioned the Helen Mirren thing but Martin Scorsese's new film The Irishman which is actually coming out on Netflix and in the cinemas I'm going to the cinema to see it though it's got Robert De Niro in and they've used this anti-aging filter on the camera to show Robert De Niro basically in three different stages of his life cool. yeah look at the pictures that are online it's crazy he looks Niro, completely yeah. different but that film looks amazing and yeah it is coming to Netflix but I think it's one of those you've just got to go to the cinema to watch okay. it so I'm looking forward to that that's coming out before the end of the year and also Star Wars there's I've another one coming out I've never seen a Star Wars out. film in my life oh, oh my never. god not one yeah. Yeah. you are missing you are <laughs> I'm with you on that one honestly start from the beginning just ignore those three they did in the sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Forget early, the late Christians 90s no don't, oh, really? yeah, okay. don't even go there do not well, watch Jar Jar Binks oh no that's, that's much yeah that's the 80s oh, stuff okay. that's the stuff you want to be watching okay. Judy as well which is out at the yes. moment I'm very keen to see I've listened to and watched Renee Zellweger and read actually she's been everywhere hasn't yeah. she <laughs> she seems a little odd about the film it's amazing she really does take on those roles where she completely changes mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. and not to go on back home again but I was um, going to say yeah, she went on yeah. in her interview with that she was saying obviously she went away for a while mm. and it was because she felt mm. like she had was just constantly playing these characters and never actually having any time just to be herself mm-hmm. so she you know would go to parties and literally have nothing to say I thought it was the most amazing answer when he said like why did you go away and she said exactly that and also she was like how can I then pretend to be somebody else when I've had no experiences of my own you need experiences to draw on and and I'm not experiencing anything I'm just embodying other people exactly so yeah really interesting that's That's really interesting a true actress completely right but yeah away from the cinema obviously Mm. yeah go to museums go to concerts although I quite like a beer at a concert so maybe that's not (laughs) one for me but yeah I think just going to 
museums at night are always a good thing museums to do. Museums at night, such a nice idea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Georgina, what do you get up to if you don't fancy a drink? Actually, I loved that you had Crystal Maze on your list well, because we did that recently. Did you? So oh, it, no, with friends, okay. loads of friends. It it's was so, so fun. fun. <laughs> they do it really well. I think it's the best immersive yeah. experience in London. They really get you. Oh my God. I mean, maze. we are all there screaming, yeah. the key's over there! <laughs> go, go, faster! <laughs> Quick, get out, get out of the room, you're going to get locked in. And it was kind of, obviously then we actually did go out and have a really boozy dinner. But you <laughs> could do that to. without the boozy dinner bit. And it was really fun. And then the other things I kind of thought about, if you're doing for the whole month, I think to maybe sign up for something, particular night every week. So if Thursday night's your normal, like, thirsty Thursday, go out, do something, book yourself in for something every Thursday, like, I don't know, maybe a yoga class mm. or kind of something really out there, different, it, like a sound bath or just something <laughs> that's not related to alcohol in any way and try and break your pattern if you're trying to do Sober October. But I think doing things that are just either exercise-based or, I mean, like you said, going to a concert, I would definitely be going, okay, let's get a beer before yeah. we go. So <laughs> something that's just really different, mm-hmm. I think, is the way to get through it, and then just do something regular. I agree, and I have made a real, this isn't necessarily to do with going booze-free, but these are good ways to do it. I've made a real pledge to do more cultural activities. Basically, because I'm going on honeymoon in November, I feel like I'm missing my favourite time of year. I'm not complaining, it's very lovely, but <laughs> I get to go away for a few weeks. But I love this time of year, and so I'm very conscious that I have to squeeze all of autumn and winter into December and like the last few weeks of November so yeah so I thought I'd book some kind of festive type things as well I thought I just really have to make the most of that time and squeeze in a load of things so I booked to see Love Actually with a live orchestra oh that would be nice. so good, so, good. Um, yeah. so they often do it at the Royal Albert oh, Hall mm. particularly over Christmas where you, they, they screen a movie and then mm. they have a live orchestra there who just I guess are done yeah they've done like um, James Bond they've yeah, done Beauty um, and the Beast they've Jurassic done Park, yeah, Star Wars Gladiator yeah. Harry Potter oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Harry Potter's a big one. But this is actually at the event in Apollo. There are still a few tickets left and actually if you're elsewhere in the country there are loads oh, of tickets left yeah, in different. It's kind of a touring thing. Yeah. So look to see that. And also I'm going to see the Nutcracker this Christmas as well which oh. I keep meaning to, I've oh. been meaning to do for so many years and it is on at the Royal Opera House um, over Christmas obviously. And personally I'm quite happy with a hot chocolate those kind of things as opposed to a glass I think of wine. if it was yeah. in December, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's like a notoriously yeah. boozy time of year mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So yeah, personally I'm wow. really having a hot chocolate. Oh, that would be amazing. A couple of months ago I was invited to an event with Kitri to the Royal Up House and we had a tour of the wardrobes oh, wow. and like behind the scenes and it was incredible and they have these books of every single costume of every single show that they've had and you can see all the costumes mm. there and it is just Wow, once in a lifetime opportunity is really magical. On the back of your Crystal Maze chat as well, I'm a big fan of an escape room. God, they're so fun, and they yeah, are yeah. everywhere. They're all over the country yeah. as well, aren't they? And they you probably can. shouldn't go to those a bit boozed up. Yeah, oh, you be sharp. I really want to do one. Yeah. Of those. Mm. You must. Well, Heather, alongside all those recommendations on your list, you also put suggestions like playing crazy golf at Swingers, or also making your own ceramics. I like that. I like the idea of doing something arts and craftsy mm. as well. I made some my own pot once, but then forgot Did to you? go and pick it up. And oh, then it, good luck, Heather. No, they, after a while, they just smash it up and oh. put it in the bin. Oh. But well. I enjoyed the actual class. So. Well, maybe oh, there we go. when you're doing sober, Jan. There we go. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, we've also written a feature of what to do with kids this half term. I can't believe it's already nearly half term for those with kids at school. So I feel like September was minutes ago. Um, but anyway, Georgina, I thought we'd tap you for your recommendations for things to keep the kids entertained. Back in August, we discussed the best things to do with your kids over the summer holidays. But your kids are also a little bit older, Georgina. And yeah. it's a different time of year. So tell us, what do you do to keep them entertained? Well, I mean, the best thing about half term is that it's only a week, possibly 10 days. So there's none of that, oh my God, what are we going to do on week three? I think half term actually is probably my favourite holiday because you've got all the anticipation of Halloween, you've got fireworks night, lots of exciting things happening, but it's normally pretty mild mm. and all the leaves are correct. Yeah. So you can be out, get them out and about. What I quite like to do is have a really good look through all the different National Trust things going on because mm. actually the National Trust is brilliant for just running around in woods and getting your kids out and about, but most of them will have little Halloween trails where yeah. you'll, they'll get you kind of going through different gardens and mazes and all sorts of things they've got, you know, in search of clues and things like that. So I do think that's a really good place to start if the weather is nice. Is that kind of thing for any for all ages? I would say all ages, definitely. And also, if you've got some grandparents around, actually, it's a really nice... And mm. say you've got to go to work. It's a great idea to just get the grandparents and the kids out mm. doing something like that, and then they can find a tea room and all have a big cup of tea and slice of cake. Lovely. Yes, cosy and lovely. So I tend to try and do that kind of thing. But there are a few other things if the weather's not great. So if you're in kind of London area, my daughter's always gone to called So Pretty in Wimbledon. And there are lots of places like this but they do this little sewing club and in it she has made at this time of year her kind of swag bag ready for trick-or-treating but then also her own witch's tutu which she's then worn and they're sort of 20 pounds and it's a morning and they've been really creative she's even learned how to use a sewing machine from going to there and there are other places that do things like this so I think it's finding stuff like that and then you can also do lots of really good midweek deals if you want to say find a pub with rooms and go and stay somewhere it doesn't have to be super swanky you know go up to the Cotswolds and go to Blenheim Palace and Cotswold Farm Park and spend the night somewhere and get a really good midweek deal yeah, you get an so, Airbnb as well yeah or Airbnb or anything exactly so I think just having a hunt around and finding a few options or wherever geographically works for you just have an, an overnighter well, on the list, we have a lot of... God, I mean, they make me just want it to be like school and Halloween and everything. <laughs> yeah. But some lovely recommendations. They include things like having a sleepover at, at museums. I never did that, no. but I remember people doing it with their brownies troops mm. and stuff and being so jealous. So you can have a sleepover at the V&A. And I'm pretty sure you can do that at the Science Museum. You do a dino places. snore at uh, oh, the Natural, Natural History Museum, snore. which I, I still really want to do at some stage. I'll do that with you, Heather. I'm they, down. That sounds they great. They screen Jurassic Park at midnight. What? That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, that sounds more sober October for for the adults just yeah. yeah. midnight than kids yeah. but yeah, yeah I'm down the that. child in us all <laughs> and Fortnum and Mason do a basically everywhere does a Halloween themed yeah. tea or kind of pop up type thing don't they say so that's Fortnum and Mason yeah, Gales got some nice gory Sundays yes. I think at Fortnum um, and Mason and also you can take an art masterclass at the RA which I love the idea of that mm. so I guess you can drop them off and you can go and look at the new Anthony Gormley which... while they're making their own sculptures based on the exhibition well what's not to love exactly
We're going to talk now about how to be more confident. Being cool, calm and collected can help you succeed in your career, meet new friends and even fall in love. But it's not always that easy to pull off, especially when you're outside your comfort zone. So we consulted a body language expert and vocal coach who gave us all the tips on how to at least fake confidence. They say fake it till you make it, don't they? So we're not talking about the way you look here or, you know, often we talk about you know getting a blow dry or mm -hmm. having a manicure. It runs a bit deeper than that, doesn't it? So we're talking about whether you're heading into an interview or a group of people that you don't know. What do you do to feel more confident, Georgina? So... What I notice that I do if I'm feeling out of my comfort zone is I find it really hard to hold eye contact and I'll be much more fidgety, kind of talk too fast, slightly lose my breath, trip over my words, things like that. So I suppose because I'm now aware of that, what I'll try and do is control those things. But I think ultimately the most important thing is to prepare. So even if it's, say, a networking event for work, obviously you're going to prepare for an interview. But if it's something that's different from an interview, that it's just a situation, it might even be like oh, your new boyfriend's best friend's wedding where mm. you don't know anyone or just something. I think just preparing and just having a few ideas of what you're going to talk to people about, what you're going to say, questions you can ask, open questions, most people are quite happy to talk about themselves or just some way of, I guess, deflecting the attention away from mm. you while still making a good impression. I think in those kind of social situations where you feel like you want to be confident, it's just preparing a little bit and slowing down and just trying to not fidget and trying to hold eye mm. contact and things like that. And being armed with things to say. Mm. Can you guys relate to that? Yeah, definitely. I think the whole fake it till you make it thing is really good advice. I think when I was still quite new in the industry, I had to go to lots of industry events on my own. And, you know, I was like sort of 23, like, oh, God, I don't know anybody. These people have all been doing this job for ages. And it is quite scary to suddenly enter a room and there's maybe 100 people there. You don't know anybody. So I think, yeah, in any of those circumstances, you've been invited for a reason. So just, you know, have that confidence to know that you've got as much right to be there as anyone mm. else. And, yeah grab one of a, the free glasses of something on the way in and just go and talk to people. Maybe don't go during sober auction. Yeah. No, not yeah. really. No. But I think, yeah, just, you know, go for it basically. And I think like what you said, have a few questions prepared and think yeah. about what you could ask people about. The and... only thing I think with that is sometimes you are so conscious of thinking about the next thing you're going to say mm. that you aren't quite listening to the response. You're not as present in the conversation. I think if you're suddenly thinking about the next thing. So... I think it's good, obviously, to kind of have a couple of like good conversation starters, mm. but not get too hooked into that. And also, I feel like when you fixate too much on your body language and then you're suddenly really conscious of how you're standing or what you're doing with your hands, like, I find it really hard if I'm speaking and I'm not holding something. If I'm not holding a bag or a microphone or mm -hmm. a coat or something, you know, you don't want to cross your arms because obviously that's terrible. You don't want to put one on your hips. And like, if I suddenly think about what my hands are doing, it feels really unnatural then whatever I do yeah so what do you do to combat that I don't know hold a drink <laughs> honestly hold a drink. it's not yes. just there for yeah for I too. Dutch hold courage I think yeah it gives you something to do with your yeah. hands yeah <laughs> well I agree with all of the above and conversation comes quite naturally to me so I tend not to worry so much about the conversational thing I can relate a bit more Heather to what you were saying about feeling kind of do I deserve to be here or do yeah. I, you know, am I, as opposed to thinking god I'm not going to have anything to say to these people so there's a couple of things that my dad has taught me one is visualization and I always do this before I host the show or if there's something yeah. that I'm about to do that's quite scary 
I'll go into the toilet for like a minute and shut my eyes and visualize it going the best it could possibly go. And so you could do the same with a dinner party mm -hmm. or whether you want to make a speech or something like that. And you shut your eyes and you picture yourself doing it, nailing it, getting it spot on. Everybody afterwards saying, God, that was amazing. God, that was fantastic. And you do it just before. So and it good. gives you yeah. a real boost of confidence. And it's almost like you're kind of predetermining how it will roll out. So I find that really helpful. Because it could work in reverse if you're picturing the absolute worse and worrying mm. about it then you're going to go into something exactly feeling confident and exactly but I mean yeah. so many people talk about that you know even if you've got goals or you've, there's mm. things you want to set out or that there's kind of things you want to do write it down kind of as soon as you tell yourself that's you know what you put out there mm. will be mm -hmm. what will happen yeah. so if you focus on oh god I might trip up you're going to trip up yeah. or you know if you feel like you're going to slip up your words yeah. and so I think you know having that positive mantra from mm -hmm. the beginning exactly for maybe those that aren't so confident mm. and maybe would struggle to kind of see themselves in that situation what advice would you give to people that are maybe a little bit more shy so another trick that my dad swears by is imagining yourself as eight feet tall you know how kind of Violet Beauregard expands it's almost like that imagine yourself blowing up like an inflatable your shoulders widening your height growing and expanding to take up the whole room I personally don't need that tool so much but I can really imagine if you just feel a bit more timid and a bit kind of out of place in a setting then really picturing yourself growing expanding yeah. and being so much bigger than everybody else like I'm just trying to do it now as we're talking yeah, you and you're standing you taller in your yeah, seat yeah you do you sit taller and you broaden your shoulders and it goes back to that power stance doesn't mm -hmm. it where you know supposedly if you put your yeah. hands on your hips and stand up tall it gives you more confidence and I guess it's similar to that that if yeah. you imagine yourself growing then you automatically kind of change yeah. the way you and I guess that's why body language is so important it. yeah I also find it really difficult when say if you're at an event or at a, at a party and you find yourself by yourself and there's a group that are having a conversation and their backs are kind of slightly mm. turned in and how you then get yourself into that conversation and sometimes I'll just feel myself just kind of lurking on the edge and trying to get away in I just find those things yeah. so difficult I also think though that you have to assume that everybody feels the same mm. I agree I'm guessing you guys also yeah, agree yeah, yeah obviously that's really stressful and no one stands there thinking oh I'm really chilled about the fact that I'm standing here alone at an event when I don't know <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's oh, equally I'm, uncomfortable I'm feeling like nervous just thinking about it yeah, yeah, I does. agree. I can feel my heart. I know. Yeah. I also find this a really helpful tool. I also think that those experiences, going to things alone, and it's just, you know, people always talk about mm. doing things that scare you to kind of be confidence building. But for me, those social things that really scare you, I think are so good for you. So whether that's yeah. going on a hen by yourself without yeah. knowing anyone or going to a work event and having mm. to network, like, yeah, those are really scary, but they're so good for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. The worst case scenario is that you come away thinking, God, I was really shy and didn't talk to anyone. But that's your kind of default anyway, yeah. because that's where you're starting. So it's fine. It's also so good if you are one of the people that's in a group and then you feel someone come in to make sure Let you them include in. them yeah. straight away. Because mm -hmm. I think you're right, everyone has sort of been in that situation yeah. and they, there's nothing worse than just feeling like a back is being pushed to you. Yeah. There's an amazing talk from 2012. So it's old, but you've probably come across it. And if you haven't, I really strongly suggest you watch this. And I've actually made my teenage daughter watched this before she had interviews for schools and it's Amy Cuddy have you come oh, across her yeah so it's, it's called talk. yeah it's a TED talk and it's got something like I don't know, however many millions of views and her argument is it's not fake it till you make it it's fake it till you become it and by changing it's power posing essentially yeah. by changing 
how you stand, you actually change the chemicals that your body produces. And it's really it's powerful. Scientific. It's yeah. properly, yes, it's completely scientific. And she's got all her charts and on slides <laughs> and it all adds up. And very precise examples of exactly how to do it. So like you were saying about the visualization in the toilet before you go and do something and making yourself bigger. It's exactly that when you look at nature and you see the kind of the ape in the jungle who tries to make himself big when he's faced with his mm, opponent yeah. or someone who's trying to take him down and it's really just doing that but equally not then sitting in the meeting with your legs <laughs> like, yeah. or your feet on the desk man you know it's spreading. Quite, yeah <laughs> no man spreading allowed and she tells a very moving story about her story and what happened to her and how she had to kind of fake it till she became it and actually she gets very teary in the talk and I've watched it multiple times with tears pouring down oh, my wow. face it is just brilliant and it's one of the best things if you want to think about confidence like you were saying mm. Lou without getting hung up on the body language yeah. and worrying too much about about all of that stuff but just feeling I mean it's the sort of thing I think most people could do, probably do with watching once mm, a year just yeah. to refresh but very it, good it really is so important and I think everyone has their own hang ups of whether they feel that one on one in themselves in a group with different people and I think everyone's going to find a different way to deal with kind of being more confident in a group there are probably so many different angles that you can take but that sounds so so interesting yeah, yeah you've got to find the really one good. that works for you yeah. haven't you well on the list put together by our contributor his list of kind of quick fixes I suppose for feeling more confident were maintaining eye contact you mentioned that Georgina mm-hmm. don't obsess over your body language there we go as we said and also to try diaphragmatic breathing which they always do say I think if you feel calmer yeah you're likely to come across calmer yeah. anyway aren't you god lots to take away from that Okay, we're going to end by talking about some fashion. We wrote a trend report on the bourgeois trend, which is everywhere. It's the kind of sophisticated, ladylike. It's kind of Princess Di all dressed mm-hmm. up. There's a bit of Margaret Thatcher thrown in there. Um, it's kind of 80s and 90s glamour dressing, which I'm so happy to see back for autumn winter. It's been a while, yeah. hasn't it? It really, really has. And it's also so amazing to see the return of femininity as a powerful look. Mm. I think there's been a lot of focus in the past of that a suit and tailoring is like your key to feeling powerful. But actually... Actually, it's kind of embracing femininity and that can be just as effective. So true. The kind of pieces included in this trend are pussy bow blouses, long pleated midi skirts, capes, knee-high boots, and all those kind of inverted commas ladylike pieces. You're lighting up just I know, I know. <laughs> and the leather boots. I went shopping this weekend and I was going around some of the department stores and it is everywhere. And just mm. the knee-high boots, it was almost every single thing I looked at, I'd be like... That would look so good with some new Yeah. Boots. That would look so good. I, I um, purchased the Arquette pair. Um, have they arrived? So they've arrived. They're amazing. They're black. If you want to take a look, you can see them well, obviously online of Arquette. But also Debbie Lee, aka The Fashionable Pan, who we did a shoot with last week. That feature is live on Shillux now. And she styled them with a kind of snow leopard vibes like zebra stripe two-piece and they look amazing so yeah i'm really pleased with those actually they're not cheap unfortunately any of those boots but in terms of a kind of reasonably affordable take i really recommend our pet heather i feel like i could see you embracing this trend a lot of dresses yeah Yeah. do you know what heather's in a burgundy and other stories midi dress today about a thousand times this year no no i love this dress i've just bought it in a new pattern that's come out brown and i'm like yes i can mix them up that is spot on for the trend isn't it the thing is i 
I don't know how I feel about on me these like nice leather boots. I just you would look so good as you're wearing. Like I can't see Heather's feet right now, but I'm just imagining in my head some burgundy slouchy knee high boots, yes. and you would look so chic. Or black or brown, yeah. any of them. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm scarred by when everyone started wearing skinny jeans with those sort of leather oh, boots yeah. up to yeah. the calves thing. And, uh, yeah. But no, this piece no, is yeah. exactly they're as also, they should be worn. They're either kind of a little bit slouchy or and they're not skin tight. Mm-hmm. They've got a like a, you know maybe an inch around the outside so there's a bit of space nice. so I think they're far more elegant than not yeah not skin tight no yeah no. Georgina is this a look you'll be embracing oh I love this look and in fact I was really pleased to see a skirt on the pictures above that was very much like an and other stories burgundy skirt like pencil but then went out kind of patent leather that I bought ooh, a couple ooh, of years ago yeah. and I was like when I bought it I was thinking this is not very on trend but I just love it mm. and I've always loved wearing it and now I can see and other stories were ahead of their time yes. and I fully embraced it I do love I think on brunettes particularly burgundy like you're wearing mm. Heather that kind of warmth and the browns those so autumn colours just yeah. look mm. so so lovely. I just love those colours. I also mm. think it's been a long time since trends have been really like age transcendent. And yeah. my mum is, okay, she told me off the other day because I said she was nearly 60 on behind the scenes and she's actually 59 next week. So I was rounding up, but she didn't like it. Long um, way off. So, long way off. Yeah, so my mum in, in the late 50s <laughs> age bracket, I know for a long time has found the trends in inverted commas mm. really difficult to wear. She's looked around the shops and been like, God, there's nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she dresses well, but she feels like it's all very young. I was in Selfridges with her last week and she was just like, Ooing, ooing and aahing over every... I mean, Reese in particular has yeah. nailed this trend. And as you know, I'm obsessed with everything Reese is doing at the moment. But also, yeah, my mum was too. And there's great leather and shearling mm-hmm. and knitwear. And it's just really lovely now that this is a look that kind of everybody can embrace, I think. Yeah. And the return of the skirt as well. Yes. Mm. You know, there's amazing pencil skirts, which mm-hmm. we keep getting asked loads about how to wear, but also kind of pleated midis and mm-hmm. A-line tweed and kind of a really tight, fine check and... Mm. Mm. you know belts and I don't know it's just really exciting yeah I agree it just feels really fresh yeah and surprisingly enough the catalyst for this look has been new Celine which I don't think anybody anticipated being no. a trendsetter nobody was enjoying that no last year were they, they certainly weren't but um, Hedy Slimane who took over there yeah last year seems to have kind of found his groove and seems to be setting yeah. the trends which yeah no one expected so no nice. although spring summer 20 is far more sort of autumn winter 19. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also yeah. very like almost famous and very Chloe mm. kind of circa early 2000s yeah and stuff. I love it I love it and it goes to show that if you're buying pussy bow blouses now then yeah. you can still wear them in spring yeah. so oh, happy days okay we'll have a look at our trend report on the site if you want if you want to learn more and shop the trend finally we're going to talk about how to do smart casual this is another question that we get asked mm-hmm. all the time it's obviously a pretty tricky dress code so we put together a couple of outfit combinations for when you are stumped so I want to know what do you do when you're presented with a smart casual dress code we had a bit of a to-do about denim on this one yeah I am very much in the denim camp for pretty much any occasion but I think what we decided on is that it's the shade of denim Mm -hmm. that makes it appropriate so I think if you are feeling uncertain about whether denim is right for you go for a darker shade Mm -hmm. and I think you'll feel safe for me the first thing I would think about with a smart casual dress code is shoes I think just if you've got trainers absolutely not acceptable and I think if you've got any shoes that are just looking slightly tired 
then they can really, really transform you. Like, and actually Charlotte and I often talk about whatever our footwear is can really make us feel like we're mm. wearing a more put together outfit yeah. or not. We always say that you could be wearing a blazer, but if you're wearing trainers for some reason, I don't feel as on it and professional yeah. and together. Yeah. So I think that would always be my first port of call. It's kind of take out your fancy shoes or whatever you want to wear and then build your outfit around that. So you, I'm guessing you would rather wear a more casual outfit yeah. with like a proper court shoe. Exactly. That for me will make me feel like more appropriate. Georgina? Okay, so I think what's interesting is the way that dresses have changed recently. So, well, this is obviously kind of at least three, four years old now, but the idea that before no one wore a dress unless it was a kind of a do and mm. a proper event or you had a big meeting mm-hmm. and you were in some kind of like shift dress, yeah. you know. Whereas now you can dress up dresses, dress down dresses. And even if you're wearing lovely boots with your dress, if you chuck a biker over the top instead of a blazer or a fitted jacket, suddenly you're just making it less formal. Mm. So I, I think people can get a lot more use out of dresses than they used to. So in the same way you can dress up your jeans, I think you can dress down your dress. Mm. But... I don't think that means you should just chuck on a pair of trainers with it mm-hmm. if you're going to more of an event. So would you start with a more formal piece and then dress it down? Yeah, I would be less likely to probably wear denim, I guess. I don't know whether maybe that's just because I'm older than you and no, it's sort I'm of in, in my young. head. I'm, I'm younger um, than you and yeah. I'm also in your camp. I wouldn't wear denim for smart casual. Yeah, I don't think I would. But yeah. I think the footwear is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And I think also things like the other accessories, like the bag or actually having freshly washed hair. Mm. And if you look presentable in the whole package, then you can kind of get away with quite a lot else. Yeah. The bag's a really good point, actually. My everyday handbag has a top handle and it's also got a really thick, long strap. And I always just remove, it's a removable strap, and I always just take it off and shove it in the bag and suddenly yeah. you've got this like little lady like top handle bag and it's, <laughs> yeah. it completely transforms it I always do that I really agree with your dresses point I have a couple of pieces like what Heather's wearing kind of in my armory and I agree you can whether it's like a loafer or mm-hmm. a boot or whatever you can't really go wrong can you if you want to yeah. look smart and casual. also especially if you're kind of on the move so I've had things where I've had press events where I've had to walk a long way and it's not been mm-hmm. it's just been kind of day wear you mm-hmm. know which in media is pretty low key mm. so I have worn my trainers but mm-hmm. Then if I've got to go to something later, which mm-hmm. I know is a bit more smarter mm-hmm. event, then I can put on some high heel boots mm-hmm. or loafers or something mm-hmm. and know that that same dress yeah, and jacket yeah, yeah. is still working <laughs> for me. So I, yeah, I would probably always go for a dress. Yeah. Despite the fact that I agree with that, when it comes to getting dressed personally, I always find it easier. If, if I'm unsure to just go really simple. So... I would always go for a pair of navy trousers. I would wear either a white t-shirt with a navy blazer or a white blouse of some sort, and then that's just it. And it really doesn't matter what kind of environment you're stepping into, mm-hmm. then you're in a pretty safe territory. Mm-hmm. So if you're really unsure, yeah. my advice is just to play it safe. And would you all say it's better to go smarter or casual? Oh, that's or more just casual. What I sad to Is it better to be the scruffiest person in the room or the best that's dressed person? That's personal preference. Yeah. Personally, I always prefer to be underdressed than overdressed. I hate feeling overdressed. I mean, my style is very casual. And Anyway, so I'd probably lean towards that. But there is nothing worse than feeling like you really haven't made an Mm -hmm. effort. I don't think people will ever kind of turn up their nose at you if you've made more of an effort than you should have done. Oh, I would. I went to like a nice restaurant last night, but it was like Sunday evening and really casual. And like everyone in there was in trainers and this woman tottered in in her heels and like an evening dress. And it was 7pm on a Sunday. And I was like, what are you doing? But then turn that the other way way around. If kind of everyone was quite smart and then suddenly someone came in with holes and scrubber trainers, you would. Yeah, definitely. I think I would rather rather err on the side of playing it cool than err on the side of being too doled up but that's totally personal preference. yeah Heather oh I don't know I think because I don't wear heels I can look smart and everything but I don't think I'm ever going to be accused of being too dressed yeah. up but I certainly wouldn't want to be the scruffiest one there either no. but what I liked looking through this piece 
something that struck me was if you've got some really good jewellery mm. as well, even if you've got quite a, a simple outfit mm-hmm. on, if you've got a great sort of shiny thick yeah. chain, yeah. that can instantly sort of elevate yeah. an outfit and make you look like you've made an effort. Jewellery is always a really good talking point as well. Mm. I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of always a good conversation yes. starter. Yeah, I've got some really interesting earrings. Yeah. And I know we talk a lot about how to transform your look when, you know, you're coming from work and you're going out in the evening. I do think it is, you know, even if you're wearing something the whole day it is always nice to have something that you have changed because I think in yourself knowing that you're putting on something new to go out Mm. you just feel a little bit more ready rather than just kind of even if you're in in a great outfit in a smart outfit all day at work you just kind of feel like I've been wearing this all day yeah Yeah. I agree you just need to freshen up yeah don't you all right well for more tips and for outfit suggestions for how to approach the smart casual dress code then have a look at the piece on the site I think that's all we've got time for today if you've got any feedback at all please do email podcast at Sheila we love hearing from you. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Bye-bye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.